Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As Friday the 24th of June dawned, After months of speculation, tension hung in the air as America waited. Behind closed doors, four women and five men were ruling on an issue that would change the country. Good morning. You made it to Friday. I'm Stephen Romo in for Joe and Savannah this morning. All eyes are on the Supreme Court again today as we await the much-anticipated ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. It's Mississippi's law that bans nearly all abortions after 15 weeks gestational age. It's considered the most direct challenge to Roe v. Wade in nearly 30 years. The question today, whether the law is constitutional We are less than an hour away from the release of new decisions. We are keeping an eye out for rulings on abortion rights. We will have that answer in a matter of seconds. And then the decision came. Good morning. We're coming on the air with breaking news from the Supreme Court at this hour. Bottom line, Roe versus Wade is overruled. There is no constitutional right to an abortion in this country anymore as of today. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. For people outside America, this feels quite dystopian. It is dystopian. It is dystopian. It's been just over a week since the biggest Supreme Court decision in a generation, and America has already changed. What might the future hold after such a significant shift? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the post-Roe America. I'm Sarah Baxter. I'm the former deputy editor of the Sunday Times, and I'm now based in America. And whereabouts are you at the moment? 
I'm in the state of Pennsylvania. The midterm election's going to be very interesting. It's a swing state, and the Republican candidate for governor not only supports the idea that the election was stolen, but was actually present at the January 6th riot and believes in banning all abortions in the state. Oh, wow. Sarah, we're going to be talking about this latest decision with Roe versus Wade being overturned. We just thought it would be quite helpful, if if you wouldn't mind, just reading out a bit of Alito's opinion. Yes. So this all relates to a case brought by the state of Mississippi. The state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy. In defending this law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overturn Rowan Casey and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. They contend that, quote, no half measures are available and that we must either reaffirm or overrule Roe and Casey. And here's the final zinger. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. How does it feel reading that? It's quite a gut punch, Manveen, because the... Roe v. Wade, the original law allowing abortion in America, was passed nearly 50 years ago. My grandmother was alive. My mother was alive. They have rights that I feel now that I don't have and that my daughter won't have. We are going back half a century to a time when abortion was prohibited. We're also going back to a time that strikes other disturbing notes, where there's basically not going to be one United States of America but a very divided America where states have different laws, different jurisdictions, and what is legal in one state is no longer legal in another. And that harks Mm. back to the Civil War era and the pre-Civil War era when some states allowed slavery and some didn't. And it feels like another step on the road to the division of America. It it really does. It feels like it it is an issue that has completely divided the country. I mean, with this particular judgment, just remind us how that judgment came about. What was the case it was referring to? Yes, so the case was Dobbs v. Jackson, Women's Health Centre. Now, Mississippi was presenting a law banning abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy. And in the lower courts, they argued it had nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. But by the time it reached the Supreme Court, oh, it did have something to do with Roe v. Wade. They explicitly put that in their appeal. And as you've just heard, the majority opinion of the Supreme Court held that Roe was overturned. So in the state of Mississippi, there's not going to be a prohibition on abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy. It's going to start much earlier with fetal heartbeats around the sixth week of pregnancy. So this is a much, much stronger overturning of the law than the state of Mississippi was claiming they were simply seeking to defend. And in in that judgment, when Justice Alito refers to Roe, and then also to Casey. I mean, can you just give us a bit of background on both cases and their significance? So Roe was the original case. This was Roe v. Wade, Roe being the pseudonym for Norma McCorvey, who was a 
22-year-old woman who was pregnant in 1969. And by the time the Supreme Court adjudicated in 1973, she'd already given birth. But uh, it did did change the law for the rest of women in America. But it was always controversial. And the Casey that Alito refers to in his majority judgment is a case that came up in 1992 By a vote of seven to two, the court agreed to uphold three of four restrictions on abortions in Pennsylvania. But at the core of the case was whether or not they should overturn Roe v. Wade. On that point, five justices agreed. Three appointees of Presidents Reagan and Bush delivered the court's opinion. After considering the fundamental constitutional questions resolved by Roe, we are led to conclude this. The essential holding of Roe v. Wade should be retained and once again affirmed. So that right to abortion was enshrined in the right for women to have privacy when it came to decisions over their own bodies. It was limited to a certain extent regarding fetal viability, and states were allowed to take their own approach to some of those issues. But overall, the federal law was women in America had a right under the individual liberty and right to privacy to have an abortion. So basically, these are the fundamental cases that made it legal for women to have an abortion in America. Yes, and the crucial argument on both sides was the question of whether or not this was settled precedent. So obviously, women who supported abortion probably had got quite complacent about it and thought it was settled precedent. But evangelical Christians and other groups have never accepted that. And by the time you had a Supreme Court that was conservative-leaning, particularly with the appointment at the last minute under the Trump presidency of Amy Coney Barrett, all things suddenly became possible when it came to overturning precedents. And tell me a bit about that Supreme Court and its makeup, because a lot of people have been saying that Roe versus Wade was overruled by six Supreme Court judges versus three. Is that right? Did all Conservative justices vote to overrule the law? The Chief Justice, John Roberts, took a very different approach. He was appointed by George W. Bush and was and is a Conservative judge, but he's he's always felt that the Supreme Court should be careful to stay within the main bounds of public opinion, otherwise its own legitimacy will be called into question, which is something that Mm. we're seeing happening here. He tried to carve out an opinion which suggested that the original Mississippi law banning abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy could be upheld, but that it should not generally apply to the rest of America and that Roe v. Wade should not be overruled. But we now have a case where the majority of judges are on the staunch conservative right and they just steamrolled past him. And that's very unusual in itself because John Roberts, being the chief justice, is supposed to hold sway over his court. He's supposed to sort of be the consensus mm. builder and that his opinion was just run roughshod over and steamrolled aside. One of the things that he argued in favour of in his note was the idea of judicial restraint and that the court should not repudiate a constitutional right that has been previously recognised to that extent, that there should be support for the doctrine of stare decisis, and that is upholding precedent. 
But I think what's happened here is that a bunch of activist judges, something the left has always been accused of having, but actually in this case, it's the right that's had the activist judges, has just brushed aside quite brutally. And what about the more extreme end of the right-wing justices on the Supreme Court? Tell, Tell me a bit about Clarence Thomas. Well, Clarence Thomas is the most conservative Supreme Court justice of all. He was subject to a very controversial confirmation hearing. Senators investigating allegations of unwanted sexual advances by a Supreme Court nominee. He was accused of sexual harassment by an employee, Anita Hill. His conversations were very vivid. He spoke about acts that he had seen in pornographic films involving such matters as women having sex with animals and films showing group sex or rape scenes. But in those days, the Me Too movement didn't exist, and Anita Hill was pretty much hung out to dry. Now he was forced to return to the Judiciary Committee to defend himself, and did so with a blistering attack against his accuser, his opponents, and against the committee itself. I would like to start by saying unequivocally, uncategorically, that I deny each and every single allegation against me today. I think that this today is a travesty. It's a national disgrace. He now is the longest-serving member of the Supreme Court. And he went out of his way to express his opinion that in future cases, and this is a direct quote, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. And just to run you through what that means, Griswold is the right of married couples to use contraception. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that would be banning contraception. Yes. Lawrence is a case that established the right for same-sex couples to engage in intimacy. What that actually means is it overturned sodomy laws that are on the statute books of a lot of states in the U.S., so that brings into question whether or not gay sex can be banned. And then wow. Obergefell is the 2015 case that established the right to same-sex marriage. So that could also be overturned. So this is reversing us to a sort of a conservative society from decades ago. Yes, it really means nothing is sacred that's been established in the last 50 to 70 years in America. Wow. How is this going down? What has the reaction been? Well, there's been jubilation among a certain section of the population, particularly evangelical Christians who feel they've been praying for this moment. Anti-abortion Christians from across the community gathered outside this Everett Planned Parenthood to pray for the workers, women, and fetuses inside. That group feels like God has finally heard their prayers. There's considerable support for it in red states and in rural areas. It would be completely wrong to say some people aren't breaking out the bunting and celebrating. We have worked for this moment since our inception in 1979. I have to take a moment to thank, thank those who come before me. And I first thank God who allowed me to live to see this moment. Where it's interesting, I mean, I've just been spending the weekend in Ohio with relatives who are very much among the sort of suburban women swing voters who have sometimes voted Republican, sometimes voted Democrat. They're not particularly happy with Joe Biden at the moment, but there's no way 
they're going to vote Republican in the coming midterm elections, given that the candidates in Ohio, such as J.D. Vance, the well-known writer who's running for Senate, supports a ban, a total ban on abortion, even for cases involving rape and incest. And they just won't go along with that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out politically. And Sarah, it's only been days, really, since Roe versus Wade was overturned. But how is it already impacting America? Well, a lot of states, 13 states, already had trigger laws. The Attorney General of Missouri has now just tweeted that it's the first state to let its trigger laws spring into action. Abortion is now banned as of today in Missouri. It was one of 13 states that had these trigger laws on the book that said abortion would become illegal once the Supreme Court ruled. So a trigger law meant that there's a law on the books that means that no sooner does the court overturn Roe v. Wade than new laws come into place in their state. And these laws vary from state to state. So to take two examples, in Arkansas, abortion is now banned at heartbeat and there are no exceptions for rape or incest. In Alabama, it's the same kind of trigger law gone into effect where abortions are banned after six weeks or the fetal heartbeat viability argument. But there can be exceptions for rape or incest. So the situation really varies from state to state. In Texas, for example, there's a trigger law that takes 30 days to go into effect. But actually, all abortions have stopped in the state of Texas, even those under six weeks, because of an old outstanding law in Texas banning abortion full stop in the state. After the decision came down and after hearing that uh, the Texas Attorney General wanted to enforce pre-Roe law immediately. We unfortunately had to let the women in our waiting room know that we were unable to see them that day. And it was utter despair, completely devastating, having the conversations with our patients um, and having to tell them no. Now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, abortion providers are afraid they can be sued under the blanket ban that pre-existed in Texas before wow. Roe v. Wade. Under a very old law. I mean, it just feels like such a, a bleak reversion. You know, there are a lot of people saying they're really worried that America is returning to a pre-Roe state. Yes, well, some people think it's not only going to be a pre-Roe state, it's going to be worse than that. Coming up, why criminalising abortion in 2022 might make life even harder for women in America than it was pre-Roe v. Wade in 1972. Taken in conjunction with other use of technology, I think it all amounts to a surveillance state of women. But first, a message from a colleague. I'm Alice Thompson, a columnist and interviewer at The Times. It's the best job in the world. I get to interview the most extraordinary people from Bill Gates to James Dyson and the last interview with the incredible bow babe, Deborah James. I also get to comment on the most fascinating news stories, travel to the most bizarre places and inform, analyse, infuriate and entertain. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times.
that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Abortion had been illegal in most states of America before the landmark ruling on Roe v. Wade in 1973. But the new decision by the Supreme Court doesn't just turn back the dial to the pre-Roe era. For women in America, in some ways, it's even more restrictive. The difference is technology. Now, states have access to sophisticated tools to monitor people and to enforce the ban in a way that wouldn't have been possible half a century ago. Women's behaviour is going to be policed by means of new technology. Just think of all that we give away on our phones. I remember reading articles about how big tech could tell you were pregnant and start sending you ads for nappies and things like that before you even knew it yourself. But now women's search histories are all going to be at risk. So say that you are thinking about an abortion and you're wondering how you can get one in another state or how you can lay your hands on abortion medication. Say you've texted somebody offering help or you've texted your friend saying, can you drive me to Illinois where I'll be able to have an abortion from, say, Louisiana? Is your text history going to be held against you? Is your search history on Google going to be explored? Now, this might sound far-fetched, but it actually isn't. A few years ago, a woman called Latisse Fisher in Mississippi was charged with second-degree murder after she suffered a stillbirth. She was basically accused of inducing an abortion very late in her term. She was a police radio operator, pretty low paid. She already had three children and she didn't want to have a fourth, or at least she was thinking about not having a fourth because she had investigated abortion providers in her search history. And this was used against her. Prosecutors basically said, well, she must have had a self-induced abortion because she was interested in having an abortion earlier on in her pregnancy. There was no real evidence of this. It's very difficult anyway to tell the difference between a stillbirth, a miscarriage and an abortion. And, uh, And just because at some point she'd looked up potential abortion clinics, that was enough. 
Absolutely. And she was charged with bail of over $100,000, which of course she didn't have. So Latisse Fisher was actually imprisoned for several weeks. In the end, as recently as March 2020, the case was dropped. But she was harassed for several years and actually imprisoned for a time for this second degree murder on the basis of evidence in her Google search history. Which the police are allowed to search if they suspect you've broken the law. Well, we know what a chilling effect it can have on women. Now, anything goes when it comes to women's use of technology, whether it's a period app that tells you when your period is, because now women are going to have to be very vigilant in these states. I mean, you often don't know you're pregnant at six weeks. If you're not Mm. monitoring your periods closely, I mean, I never used to know whether or not (laughs) I was (laughs) <laughs> I was late until I was actually seeking to have a, uh, to have a baby, you know. So you can imagine that young women who might have experienced rape or incest are not going to be savvy about whether or not they are pregnant. They're going to be in denial well past six weeks yeah. when you can't feel it. And then they're going to find that they are obliged to give birth. Taken in conjunction with other use of technology, I think it all amounts to a surveillance state of women. Several governors say, oh, women are not going to be prosecuted. Kirsty Nome, for one, in South Dakota has said this. But given the history involving Latisse Fisher, and there was another more recent case of a woman in Texas also prosecuted for a stillbirth, stroke, miscarriage, stroke, abortion, no one was sure. Again, the case was dropped in the end, but uh, she was subject to severe harassment and intrusion in her life. This is very alarming. We have a case out of Oklahoma right now in which a 19-year-old woman went to the hospital because she was experiencing a miscarriage. She was subsequently charged with manslaughter and she is currently serving a four-year term. A Georgia woman, Kenlesia Jones, was charged with murder after she admitted she took abortion medication. Without Roe and Casey on the books, we expect to see more prosecutions. I think We have to take on board the fact that some women are going to be severely punished and it's most likely to be women from the lowest income backgrounds with the least access Mm. to care that are going to suffer the worst. In a study from NAPW that they did with Fordham University found disparities in the arrests of people who are pregnant as well. 71% were low income, 59% were people of color, a majority of them black. And it's not just the women who could be criminalised by this, is it? I mean, presumably this is worrying for anybody around that process. Yes, I think, um, for example, say I wanted to help somebody travel across state lines to have an abortion. If I was in Texas and travelled somewhere with a friend who I wanted to be supportive to, I could be reported by a vigilante whistleblower and prosecuted for aiding and abetting an abortion. And wow. that I find that really horrifying because I actually have done that before. I have accompanied in Britain, I have accompanied a friend to an abortion clinic to offer support because in those cases, often the partner is not available to offer support, as you can imagine. And mm. girlfriends step into the breach. Am I going to be prosecuted? Certainly, doctors have to think very heavily about this. I mean, in Alabama, you can have an up to 99 years sentence now for carrying out an abortion. I mean, that's state- shocking. Yes. I mean, that's worse than the penalty for rape. 
A rapist can get off more lightly than a doctor who tries to help women with receive an abortion. So we are in very uncharted territory here. I don't want to be too alarmist, but frankly, the situation is already worse than anything I anticipated. I mean, already in America, half of abortions are carried out with uh, abortion medication, which you can use more or less up to 11 weeks. So I thought that would take the heat out of the issue, but far from it. How would those be affected now? Would those abortion drugs that you can order online, how do they stop that or how, uh, how will they be monitoring it? Well, there's obviously going to be a black market in them, particularly for women who take them after the sixth week of pregnancy in these states where the fetal heartbeat legislation has come into force. So one of the worrying aspects of that, which I really, truly don't know the answer to, is what if you think you can take abortion medication, but you're actually 14 weeks pregnant or 15 weeks pregnant? Does it still work? Mm. Does it cause a horrible botch? There's so many worrisome aspects to this. We're going to have women's private lives scrutinised, their use of technology scrutinised, and we're going to have abortion providers scrutinised, doctors, nurses, advisors, are all going to be threatened with jail. It feels like it's going to be an almighty mess. Parts of it are bound to be unworkable. Other parts are bound to be more punitive than we even fear at the moment. Sarah, you know, a lot of this seems to have come from a decision just from the Supreme Court. How much does it reflect where America is at the moment? I mean, has there been a huge cultural change? People on the grassroots level, do they want this? Well, poll after poll has shown that a majority of Americans and a substantial majority of women do not want to overturn Roe v. Wade. The fact is it has been overturned. And circumstances, to be fair, are very different than they were in the 1960s. So a lot of these states are arguing that they're going to be supporting women in their decision to have babies. And, you know, I've spoken to opponents of Roe v. Wade, opponents of abortion who say, well, you know, in my day, for example, if I'd got pregnant, I wouldn't have had any support. But now if my daughter gets pregnant, I'd help her. You know, I'd help her to have the baby. I'd help her to bring out the baby. That's all very well, but it doesn't apply to everybody. Mm. And a lot of the states which are saying, no, no, we're going to counsel women and we're going to help them to support their babies, are actually the states, largely in the South, which have the least support for the poorest and most vulnerable members of their communities. They have the least um, Medicare, Medicaid support. They have the lowest minimum wage legislation. Some of these states still have minimum wages of, you know, $7 an hour. How are these states going to be supporting women to have children? It's very hard to see. Democrats are really seeking to make political capital out of this, as indeed they should. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are out explicitly saying that they would like to codify Roe v. Wade. They'd like, if you want to change the abortion law in this country, then vote Democrat. So there is an answer at the ballot box. But of course, a lot of other things are going the wrong way for Democrats, including you know, high inflation, economic problems. So we'll have to see how that reflects in the midterm elections. But the truth is, it's very hard to get without overturning the filibuster, which Joe Biden is very keen not to do, and without packing the court. In other words, increase the number of Supreme Court justices, something that he has said he won't do. Then it looks like this legislation is going to stay on the statute books for a long time. So he is being urged to do more by the left. They're saying, well, can't women have abortions or abortion advice or receive abortion medication, et cetera, et cetera, 
on federal land, because federal land does exist in these states that have banned abortion. And just but, explain that concept. Well, I grew up at one stage on a military base in Alabama. The rest of Alabama was desegregating then. But before Alabama desegregated, the military base was already desegregated because it was on federal land and there were federal laws affecting the military that overturned some of the segregation Jim Crow laws affecting the South prior to the 1960s. So would you be able to see a doctor on a on a military base there on federal land. That would be interesting. But this is something that I don't think Joe Biden wants to get involved in at all because I think he thinks the answer lies in the ballot box. So, for example, in my state of Pennsylvania, where you have a governor explicitly committed to banning abortion in his state, well, people are going to have to vote either for or against him. And it will be interesting to see who wins. Ditto in Ohio. There are a lot of states where Abortion is definitely going to be on the ballot in the midterm elections. Mm. And Sarah, for you, I mean, you mentioned growing up at a time where parts of America still had segregation. It feels like so much has changed over the decades since that moment. And yet, to be in America now, watching so much of it potentially unravelling, watching it in reverse watching the arc of history somehow bending backwards. What is that like? It is alarming. I've always been a great believer in that Latin phrase, a pluribus unum, that America stands for, which is out of many, one. But this idea of states' rights determining abortion legislation really does feel like going back in time to the era of segregation when if you lived in the South, your experience was very different to life in the North. Your experience of California is now going to be very different to your experience of life in a state like Arkansas or Alabama. And it, it does, I think, play into the idea that America is fragmenting. There have even been books suggesting that America is in a pre-Civil War state. Not that it's going to come to physical blows, but that there's this sort of great parting taking place where mm. people who want to live a certain way of life are going to move to Texas and others are going to live in New York or California. And you feel that America is coming apart at the seams. It's very divided. This sense of the unravelling of America is alarming to me. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, former deputy editor for The Sunday Times, Sarah Baxter. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel and Katie Tarrant, the executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.